Welcome to the John Lyon Podcast. I'm your host, John Lyon. Today, Spencer Lyon is back, all the way down from upstairs, or up from upstairs. Hello. And then we have our first ever, Trevor Keys is on. Hot mic. Spencer's neighbor. Yo. <laughs> um. So, how everyone, wait, is it today Wednesday? I don't know. Days yeah. before the summer solstice. Is it? Yeah. There you go. Summer solstice. So, I haven't had an episode in a few weeks. I don't know if anyone was dying for an episode, but my last one was with my buddy Mike, who's an artist... That was the episode called uh, I Want You to Paint Me Like One of Your French Girls. Um, I had a baby, or my wife did, so that's why I haven't been recording. I've just been kind of taking my uh, paternity leave, but now I'm how back old, to work. How old's the baby now? She's now, I think this coming Monday, she'll be three weeks old. Sweet. So it's crazy. How many kids do you have, Trevor? Three. Three? And Spencer's got three? Yeah. Is you have ma- all girls, that, right? Is that baby sleeping? Oh, uh, she's upstairs. But like, does it sleep through yes, the night? Yes, a lot. Oh, well, yeah. Is. For the most part, we've got her like on a schedule that some books that Jessica's been reading, the same book that I think Kim read and my sister read and stuff. It's called Baby, Baby Wise. Wise. Yep. Dude. There's another one too that the doctor or someone gave us. Oh, it's man. called Burn Cherish it. the Six Weeks or Burn something. It. No, but she's been reading Cherish Six Weeks, their first six weeks, and it's almost identical oh, to Baby really? Wise. I think it's just a more modern my version. My wife got her, she got a degree in child and family studies and... And she, you know, when we were having the kids, she's like, no, just don't ask questions. I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, we had, a dr- like, all of our kids slept. Uh-huh. And all of my sisters, like, Aaron gave her the book and said, do this. Yeah. And they did not follow it. And they came to her, like, hat in hand. All, I have four sisters, every single one of them. And and they just live and die by baby wise now. It's like family, family jewel. And it's um, when you can't sleep. <laughs> move the mic up to your mouth. <clears throat> well, you can just actually move the actual thing. Keep going. Just flip it. Come here, dude. Do do. There you go. Cool. Um, so I got a fun fact for you guys. Uh, you, have you ever been on Reddit, Trevor? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm presuming you presume pers- uh, well, not wait, peruse that website. I'm a Spencer does too. Spencer hasn't linked linked over to the actual app yet. It's probably because you'd time. waste you'd waste more time yes. if you did like I do. Um, so if you go on the uh, I just saved a screenshot of the actual image. So there's the uh, Today I Learned subreddit. Mm-hmm. Yes. People basically just pull little like Wiki- Wikipedia articles and they just like paste it and say Today I Learned. But it says the second officer of the Titanic who survived by swimming from the sinking ship to a capsized raft, which I looked more detail into it. He was actually like trapped underwater. The water was pulling him down as the ship was going down. But then there was like an explosion in the ship. So hot water like hit wherever he was at and like released him. So basically he says it was basically a miracle that he survived. But later in life, he actually sailed his civilian craft to Dunkirk and helped evacuate over 130 men. The same guy. Same dude. So he Stop. survived the Titanic and was the second, the highest ranking officer to survive. That gave me goosebumps. That's rad. Yeah. And so he already saved a lot of women and children, the people on the, the lifeboats. And then he survived himself by a miracle, he says. And then... When he was like, what, 40 years later, he helped save 130 men from Dunkirk. Is Dunkirk like the movie? Yeah, the, the movie is the, the it was II where the war. Belgium, the British, and the French soldiers were stuck on the, a, a beach in France, and then people from England That's sailed the over. the Christopher Nolan movie that I haven't seen. Oh, really? really? You need to go yeah, see it, but it's good. almost like not worth it now because it was all filmed in IMAX, and it was a dang experience seeing it in IMAX. And I heard people who saw it in IMAX and then saw it like oh, in regular. Really? I mean, it's you not gotta, a character-driven you still see it. movie at all. No. It's just all visual and just kind of watching it all unfold. But there, you, you don't know. I couldn't tell you any of the characters' names. Nope. Or Dude, I love Nolan. No, yeah. He's hands no, down my good. favorite director by by far. By far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It even like does it the way – it does like a weird timeline of like 
people on the beach, people in the air, and it doesn't even show you the Nazis because Christopher Nolan made a point not to. He said it's because any of the soldiers who were stuck on the beach also didn't see the Nazis. So he wants us to get the feeling of people are shooting at us, we're being surrounded, but we can't see them just like the soldiers couldn't see them. So Man, and, I, I, I was like all nervous. It was going to be like mind. too intense. No, it wasn't. No, I wasn't. It was no, it, no not at all. It wasn't, wasn't what I expected, but they it didn't, was good. Yeah, they didn't do a lot of blood like Saving Private Ryan or anything like that, which I think I heard people said they wish they would have because if people were getting blown up on a beach, you would That's see that. That's what kind of traumatized me. That's why I didn't want to see it because Saving Private Ryan, that was traumatic, was yes. man. That was intense. Yeah, first 20 that minutes. Was, ugh. So anyway, there's your fun fact for the day. Huh? Um, but yeah, his name was, I think... I'd have to go look it up, but yeah. Have you guys ever looked into the um, conspiracy that the the Titanic was sunk, like intentionally? Really? There's a there's <laughs> a dude, that. there's a lot. To I didn't even know. Would that. you Google say it. this was going to be like episode of a coast to coast thing? This is a coast to coast red eye. I'm telling that <laughs> radio. Uh, That's a cool did you, did you bring that, your, listen to that show? Did you bring your battery charger I, I so did. that your phone wouldn't die while you're looking up stuff? Yeah, it's, that is exactly. <laughs> that was smart. a fourteen percent. That's stressful. That's true. That's super. The stressful. thing that's cool about Coast to Coast Radio is that it doesn't matter what a caller says, the guy is into it. Really, I like, love tell it me more. Like it's really like you're, you're, you're like, so that, right. Yeah. It can be like anything, yeah. and he is vested, <laughs> yep. right? Like it is pretty impressive. That's funny and believably. So the one with the conspiracy with the Titanic, because I do know that a year later there was a boat that was carrying people, but it also was carrying a bunch of like explosives down below and it got hit by a submarine and it sunk within like 10 minutes compared to the Titanic, which I don't know how long it took, but it took a few hours, I think. Probably. An hour, two hour. Yeah, this one sunk within like, it's because the submarine missile hit the actual explosive and the ship sunk within like 10 minutes of it getting hit, but I can't remember that ship. Okay, so they there were four family members of the world banking system that mm-hmm. were on it. Oh. In the, and, first class, obviously. Oh, for sure, first class. I mean, you got to imagine, this was like big deal. But there there was four families, and the remaining families right now are the ones that make up the, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it's like Rothschilds. I mean, the whole thing, it's... It's super fortunate. Let's yeah, just put yeah, it yeah. that way. Super that super That they survived fortunate. it and then they went to keep continue on with the financial yeah. endeavors. Um so yeah, today's kind of be it could be a, considered a doom and gloom episode mm. on the podcast. I don't know what I'm going to name this. I was thinking maybe apocalypse now. <laughs> I don't know. Um but Trevor, you shared something on on Sunday uh in Sunday school. Um and you were talking about uh Carl Zimmerman who was a sociologist mm-hmm. in like the early 1900s like 19 died in the late 60s late 60s yeah, and so it... he he kind of analyzed all the great empires and societies that rose like the roman empire the greek empire and how they all had very similar qualities of what was going on in the civilization of why they fell but you said you wanted to start off with your cto yeah okay so this also has to tie into societal breakdown. That's basically what this episode's about, people, if you want interested. Collapse. Yes, collapse. Societal collapse. collapse. man, societal breakdown. So what happens? Um, yeah, I. how did I get fascinated in this? It was um, when, I was a, when I was a Mormon missionary in, I, I don't know, in Peru. Peru, My, my right. mission president, was, he, I became AP. Assistant to the president? Assistant to the president. And one of the crazy things about Peru was... I I was some of the first white people to come back into the country because they had assassinated 
a couple of white missionaries, so they pulled everybody out Holy for shit. crap, like six or seven years. <laughs> Did they years. tell you that story before you went in? Dude, they or told, not tell you got home? They actually told us that when they sent out the papers, there was like a disclaimer, and my mom tried to get <laughs> me not to go, and I'm like, no, nah, I think I should go there. And it was it was actually kind of celebrity going back. I was the ninth white person in my mission out of like 300 missionaries. and To step in Peru? To be or that in, part to, of Peru? In that part of Peru. There was like yeah. seven missions, right? There was like 35 of us that came that oh. were all white, and we all went to the different missions. And like... We baptize a lot of times just because we got in the door because I was white yeah, in yeah. a lot of places. It's it was... like one of my buddies, he's uh, on my mission. He was from England, and everyone always thought it was cooler to talk to him because of his accent. Oh, they yeah. didn't even care that I was from like, California. The ladies you could get with the British accent. <laughs> I just I haven't put enough effort into it. If, ever, if, if Aaron ever leaves me, I'm, I'm just getting a British accent. Going to an acting yeah. class? Uh, so, the, so the story of that is when they introduced the missionaries back – they made the APs stay with the mission president nonstop. He couldn't be by himself yeah. because they were trying to kidnap mission presidents and hold them for hostage. And so, so you're like, there's bodyguards. So it sucked. We were his bodyguards. <laughs> we were completely pulled out. And we just hung out with him. And he, his plan was to move back to the U.S., um, even though he was Peruvian. And he was, tangent, he was the CEO of Cerveza Cristal, a beer company. Huh. Wow. And uh, he, he helped me understand, you know, it didn't matter and yada, yada. So <laughs> he tells me as, you know, practicing his English, how he's a 33 degree Mason and that he was Mason far before becoming LDS. Uh-huh. And he just started saying, he's like, you got to become a Mason. When you go back, you got to become a Mason. And he goes, and you need to go look at how all of the world religions, um, you know, all of the stories from Adam all the way down to our story are... Our oral traditions passed down from the very first person. They all they all weave back together, uh-huh. and for whatever reason, that sent me on you know the chase. And so I, I started studying this stuff and started looking at the Mayans. And obviously, in in the Book of Mormon, there's two civilizations that completely collapse. Yep. Right, and you know, coming back fresh from a mission, looking for that stuff, there was stuff all over YouTube and and Netflix. You know, and like what happened to the Mayans? And you go back and you look at when the Mayans collapsed. Yeah. It's the exact time frame of the Book of Mormon. Really? You know? and so, oh, That's funny because I remember I was on my, exact time my religious excursion or mission in Philly in 2007 to 2009. I think it was 2008. This guy opened the door, some, some black dude, and he was like, dude, come, come, in, come inside, come inside. And we were like, what the heck? Like, this is awesome. He's going to let us teach him. But he took us up to his bedroom. And he had, ended up having a phone call with his buddy. He's like, no, I said a cheeseburger. It was the most random thing ever, but he's like, you got to check this out. And he showed us a YouTube video. Now, again, this is 2008, and it was a YouTube video of someone calculating the Mayan calendar and the end of the world in 2012. <laughs> so, and, of course, that didn't happen because it's 2018. But it's just funny that little like things, like people get interested, and in, it's all over YouTube and, and the Internet and whatnot. So. Dude, I went a little crazy 2012 because, <laughs> you know, I've been, I was studying this thing. I got back from my mission. 99 no no it had been earlier than that anyways for 13 years or so studying this stuff a lot and buying tons of books on it and you know just kind of wanting to i I don't know i was i was fascinated by it but yeah i mean in the 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 civilization of the mayans if you go in there's there's tons of things on netflix and youtube and they're just like we have no idea what happened but approximately mid 400 you know ad ad this just wiped out and there you know there's a lot of things that they say what possibly happened to the Mayans, but it looked like they deforested them, themselves. And then the combination of the limestone that they smeared on everything, uh-huh. the limestone eroded the soil. And I mean, that was one of the quickest falls of, of any civilization that was that quick. I mean, it was 230 years from their peak to just 
So wait, wait, what has, what has, what's the limestone have to do with anything? The limestone. So they put the the more civilized they got, you know, they they built closer and closer together. And uh, do you guys remember like it's probably two or three months ago? National Geographic said they just did a lidar of South America. Oh yeah, I heard about that. And they discovered a city that had like two million residents, master planned residents in Guatemala. And they took a LIDAR image and they could see under the foliage because they can tell the limestone rock. Yeah. It, it reads From whatever right. radar they had. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It looks like a heat image and they're like, just building. Like they a said predator? It, it's going to take, yeah, like a predator. <laughs> Seems like like 40 years to uncover it. It's to, like three or four universities it? to excavate it. 40 years. And so these civilizations, you know, fell overnight. Yeah. And we're, we eventually got to the point where they were plastering all of the, the crumbled limestone to make everything white. Uh, the limestone got washed in and it and it de, it ruined the soil. Oh, I Depleted see. Depleted the soil because they had this super, super rich red clay soil. Uh-huh. And uh, that's that's the prevailing theory. That oh, they yeah. deforest it themselves and they, they absolutely just collapse. We know a lot more culturally what yeah. happened from the from the scriptures, you know, from the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So it's an interesting insight when you when you see that, you know, I was telling you that there's two prevailing theories and people that are warning saying, hey, society's gonna collapse because of climate change. And the and the other half says, no, 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 no. Society's gonna collapse because we're morally corrupt. And those are the two arguments, you know. Is, that, is you, moral could, you argue that, that would go <clears throat> one it would be a conservative view and then one would be a liberal view. Yeah. Because of science with the climate change and that'd be that's what morals. it is. <clears throat> it's hundred <laughs> percent and that Zimmerman guy, so from Harvard he, he was a Harvard sociologist. He published his paper in 1954. He piggybacked a ton of stuff off of Oxford in Oxford University in uh, out of England, right? Yeah. They, that's that bell curve that I yeah. sent you. So they went in and highlighted, I think it was like, how many civilizations? I'd, I'd have to look at that. We're um, looking at a bell curve for anybody who's... Uh, 86 cultural life cycles, yes. right? Tell the and same story, it says. There's this, there's this bell curve that goes in there and says, the tipping point <clears throat> when a culture held marriage and monogamous sexual relationship in high regard, the culture flourished. But when the respect for marriage and monogamous se- sexual relationships waned, the culture waned and fell across 86 cultures over time, rise and fall of Rome. So it was, you know... There's a corollary, and whether that corollary, the liberals are saying, oh, that has nothing to do with it. They just say that's peak civilization. Liberals say it's climate change that's going to do us under. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're more civilized, that we're more fluid as a sexuality. You know, we don't need gender. And there's also this crazy aspect um, that is the the rise of feminism. And and there's this archetypal swing um, – have you guys ever studied or read into like egalitarian egalitarianism? Uh, I've heard a lot of on podcasts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's bullshit. And Wait, isn't that what Jordan Peterson's always talking about? Or no, against that? Yeah. That's, well, postmodernism, that's yeah. He does talk about egalitarianism yeah. a lot. And, and egalitarianism is supposed to be like, there. there is no, um, you know, there's e- equality on the races. But what happens is um, there was, when the, when the Voting Right Act was passed, when women got the right to vote, Part of the thing that went to Congress was if this passed and if you want equal rights to vote, yeah. you have to go to the military draft. And yes. that was on the it's ballot like a, and they pulled that off. Yeah, they don't, 100%. They, don't have they said, no, 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 no. We, we want equal rights, but we don't want equal responsibility. Yeah. And that's the problem between egalitarianism because as soon as that happens, the, the tide switches to feminism. And that's we're, we're right on the grip of it, we're becoming hostile feminism. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of see that. No, that's why I like following, uh, she's been on Joe Rogan before, the Christina Hoff Summers. 
I don't know. How she's that is. called she calls herself the factual feminist, where she regards that she's more of old school, where it was just fighting for equal rights, whereas she's going against what she calls third wave feminism, which is what you're explaining, which I is men are evil and basically the patriarchy needs to fall, kind of thing. She's she's more, I guess you would say, a level headed or what people thought feminists were. 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so she's fighting against... Have you heard the whole intellectual dark web thing? She's part of that. She's part of that. Yeah. We're like the Weinstein brothers, Eric and Brett oh, Weinstein, yeah. Jordan Harris. Peterson, Ben Shapiro. She's part of it and some, someone else. But yeah, hmm. so she fights against what she calls the third wave feminism, which is What's nowadays... Christina Hoff Summers. Okay, you gotta, you gotta text she has me a here. Utah... She has a... She, I don't... I follow her on Twitter, but she has a YouTube channel. She sounds German. No. Christina well, Hoff. She might, yeah. <laughs> Christina yeah, she. Uh, but she thinks she has a YouTube video. She's called herself the factual feminist. But Joe Rogan brings up her. She's, nice. She hasn't been on his podcast in like a year and a half, but he brings her up pretty often saying how funny it is that feminists nowadays are attacking her, saying she's not feminist enough. Anyway. Dude, and this, is, this is part of the moral decay, right? The, the whole goal is uh, strong fathers, strong families, strong families, strong society. So yeah. my parents are at the UN right now. They're, they're LDS missionaries. Mm-hmm. And they got called to be UN ambassadors for LDS charities. And, and so they that, go... Maybe in DC? In DC. No, no, in New York. New York, New York. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's the cool... If I could pay to do a job, I'd do that. <laughs> I mean, it's They're going... They're taking people out... Dignitaries. I went there and we took people to like Rockefeller Center and. To, oh yeah, you were just there a few weeks ago. Yeah, we we that time we didn't spend any time. Um, I went there by myself and like went to some events with them. But dude, they are whining and dining people, and it's just the coolest thing because they're just they're just trying to get you know goodwill to the LDS Church. And yeah. They focus on certain countries, um, but they they come back and they tell me you know this stuff. They well, you know how you've told us the UN's a horrible organization. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, the the UN is super focused. They're saying, "Hey, you got to have strong families, and to have strong families, you have to have strong fathers." But then, at the exact same time, society is you know doing everything it can to rip it down. And yeah, so because yeah, you brought the statistic on Sunday, what it was seventy percent of all inner city inner households. Cities. Today, inner cities. That is the that's like the biggest travesty. The fact that people are whining about families being separated on the border right now that are choosing to come here, and seventy three percent of people born in urban areas. Like, you look at those maps where the Hillary voters are, right? The red maps and blue maps, all the population zones, 73% of people are born out of wedlock without a father. Yeah. I mean, I saw that a lot in Philadelphia because the hard thing was- I can't comprehend that. They always told missionaries the easiest thing you want to do is, again, like bring families together and try to find families to teach. And without fail, every single person we taught was always like a single mother. There was never like someone in the home. Um. Which brings me to those eleven things that well, I want to hear about the, the okay, keep going. yeah the cannibalism. Oh we so before we get that. into the Carl Zimmerman yeah. <laughs> eleven behaviors of a falling society, which he wrote in 1947, uh, Trevor's got a story about Kay. cannibalism. So my <laughs> hopefully he's not involved with it. In 2006, I hired a guy to be our our IT guy, but it was it was a big hire, and it was it was one of you know like an executive hire, and. He had pretty good pedigree. He had been hired from DARPA and the Department of Energy to build a VoIP network between Qatar and the United States. And so he was one of the first guys to build a VoIP network. And it was on, instead of being on a, if you know anything about digital phones, instead of being like on a SIP platform, it was on an ICSI platform. And anyways, we hired him to come on and build 
uh, a VoIP network for us so that we could add it as an upgrade to our alarm customers, you mm -hmm. know, and just be like, here, take two months for free. Back when long distance was still a problem and people were getting <laughs> VoIP, right? Uh, 2000, yeah. <laughs> 2006. This dude was crazy, and he had a guy that we hired with him named Jimmy. And Jimmy, I call Jimmy his Oliver Cowdery because he constantly had to translate for Noah. <laughs> Noah was so smart. He was such like, but he was really, really dumb to communicate. He couldn't communicate well because he was so smart. And so, so kind of just Jimmy so, had socially come, awkward? Yeah, really, really socially awkward, yeah. right? And he could explain to something to me, and I would absolutely not comprehend what it said, and I would look to Jimmy, and Jimmy would say it back in a totally different way, and no, would say yes, and I'd be like, that is not what you said. <laughs> that is nowhere what you said. And he was always drawing. We, you know, we got, he was drawing what he was saying, and then I'd be like, I don't get it. So anyway, some of the stuff that he told me was so crazy that um, – DARPA, the Defense Initiative Research Project. Do you guys know what DARPA is? I only know it from an old <coughs> video game back in the day I played. So DARPA, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of a ways that the government ends up getting patents and platforms and good engineers and code writers and, and, <clears throat> and agents. Yeah. Um, and DARPA is a branch of the Department of Defense, and they work with Cal Berkeley, MIT, and they look for students, and they basically groom them. And mm -hmm. they do tech projects with them. They fund things. And the government, a lot of times, will steal the patent. Not steal the patents. They'll, they'll end up funding it, owning the patents, and sometimes they'll commercialize it. Stuff like Shazam came out of DARPA. Like where, Shazam the product the app? That, you know the Shazam app that's like the music yeah. app? Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think they, I... they developed it to, um, to listen to a voice wave and say, Spencer Lyon. Oh, because that's what it does with songs yeah. instead. Yeah, it does with songs. So <clears throat> they did it to listen to a sound wave, and, and it's for listening and trying to find where people are. So as soon as... Oh. Yeah, it's pretty they, It's been used for music instead. <laughs> can, yeah, so they then monetize it for music. But that thing, it can look for your voice file and say, anywhere on the World Wide Web, CCTV, open microphones, anywhere that Spencer Lyons' voice wave was registered, I want to see it on a heat signal, you know, on a, like a map. It's like, okay, now drill down in this time zone, and was he in this area? No, he wasn't. Okay, so it's for... Law enforcement. So DARPA um, hired MIT and a couple of NOAA's buddies, and they said, we want a paper of what happens in societal collapse in the event of an energy grid breakdown. And so- And he's doing this work before he worked for you? Yeah. Well, he wasn't even involved with this. He, this oh. is just friends of his uh, okay. that you know, just was telling him, he's like, this is crazy shit, right? <laughs> he's like, check this out. And so he sent me the PDF, and I sent I sent you a link to one of them that, yeah. that, that referenced it, but- what he said happens because of how little food storage and everything we have. He goes, you have to imagine, you know, in reading this paper, the when there's a hurricane, you know, you see what happens like Home Depot. It's just it's like cleared out. And we have trucks that are constantly in line and trains that are constantly in line, just like supplying this food. Mm -hmm. And the areas that are in these major metro areas, these same probably same blue areas, they are effed in the event of a food breakdown uh, of any type of breakdown so if an electrical grid went down they went in and started cascading what happens in the first 24 to 48 hours what happens in the first 72 hours and it escalates so quickly so much faster so much more violent than anybody realized that within 8 to 12 days in los angeles and chicago and houston and down in, in like 14 major areas widespread cannibalism it's Just because people ran, ran out of food eight so quick. In eight to 12 days, widespread cannibalism. <laughs> That's insane. 
like they're murdering and then, or they're, and then they're yeah yikes right so i mean it's it's just and it's because those areas it's such a concrete jungle There's yeah such a such disparity and and know, people rely so heavily on like the convenience of the delivery trucks the in and out yeah. with all the food and the grocery stores and stuff like that and then once it's gone and it's they're uh, not really near any like wilderness to go out and fend for themselves even if they were it would, yeah it, it's unlikely that they would dude it basically it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be party yeah yeah, yeah yeah we what we all need to do is we need to head down to cabela's and we need to down own, the street <laughs> dude think about it i've i've seriously like want to get uh lehigh love lane militia in place to like <laughs> head to cabela's you need six families you got the aquarium with all the fish you got all the food storage you got all the ammo and guns that you need you just got to be the first ones there because you know there's someone else heading there yeah there's a lot of people who live closer than we do it's pretty close though dude i think we could get it that makes sense because now knowing your background why you're interested in all this stuff when the (laughs) bishop or for anyone who's no church leader of our congregation sent out texas does everyone have an emergency plan you responded with i'm going to cabela's (laughs) (laughs) you were serious I'm dead serious, man. So then are you into all those like shows, like the prepper shows that they I have? St- I know I can't handle them because they give me anxiety. Really? Yeah, it's just like, and the reason why is because they're all more prepared than me. Oh. Right? So I'm just like, no, I can't handle that. No. My brother-in-law, he's gone. He's gone nuts. He buys a, Cleon Skousen has a brother, um, and he's got a world news report, and it's a, it's called Disastrous Planning by Joel I think it's Joel Skousen. Anyways, he has like a nuclear fallout plan, where to go and best places and all of this stuff. And it's, there's just like the most preferable cities to be in for like nuclear attack. And I think I've seen something like that. One of my coworkers showed me that if someone like Korea was to nuke the United States, they would go for like pinpoint certain areas. I can't remember what the area or what it had to do with, but Utah would get hit pretty bad or some places in the Midwest because of, I think they were trying to hit other nuclear reactors that we have. I can't remember what it was. I'm oh, totally butchering I'll, this. I'll tell you what it is. No, no, you're you're right. So it was like a at, map too. Out at Dugway, uh-huh. Dugway Proving Grounds in Utah. So it's just Tooele and then a little bit out. Yeah, we have more deweaponized nuclear. Okay, that's what it was. Then. Nuclear warheads. Yeah, we. I mean, we have stuff from Europe, from all of the. Why the hell is this public? Energy solutions. The reason yeah, why that's they, what they do. That's energy what they solutions. Do. They put it in there. They're and they're like, oh, don't worry, we're just gonna keep it right there. And it's yeah. just like this big tinder keg, and supposedly. They're not weaponized, but what could happen is you could drop something into them that could. So I'm gonna freak you out. Go look at, go Google this. Can you open up? No, I'll, I'll J Lens. So so go to Google and type in J Lens. J L E N S. J J Lens. Anyone who's listening can do this if you're not driving. And then uh, I think you have to do like blimp. Yep, J Lens blimp. Okay. So this thing. Oh, okay. I, I've seen these. These are terrifying. Okay. Didn't they so, have these in World War One? No, this is brand new. This is Northrop Grumman, if I if I recall, or it's... just look at the Jalen's Wikipedia. Yes, like that. Yeah. Oh, it's Raytheon. Okay. Raytheon. So this thing right here is the size of three football fields. Holy. We were out. Me and my brother in law were out, and uh, we looked out, and it looked like a UFO, and it was it was hovering this humongous thing. And the closer we got, we were saying stuff like, "Dude, I don't know what this could be. This is creepy, like Independence Day creepy." And we get there. And there were two of them tethered like this about maybe like a mile apart. And they were tethered down to the ground, uh-huh. the straps, kind of like, uh, you know, like a big old blimp. It's just like sitting there. And they're, 
And we went and we asked the person at the gas station. They're like, yeah, they go up from time to time. So they say it's to shoot down missiles. And we're like, what? So we, <laughs> so we Google it. KSL even has like a video on there. We're like, Raytheon launched uh, two, uh, you know, top of the, you know, state of the art. So some of the first technology ever. And the reason why is because in Oregon, um, Iran and North Korea have threatened to put a nuclear sub and pop it up over the Dolls River. And it goes, it carves through the I-80, and you can put it below all the satellites, and it can follow the bottom of the river, and then go all the way through the Dolls, through the Columbia, all the way up I-80, all the way to Salt Lake City. And and so they have these two blimps that their whole goal is their triangulation to shoot down intercontinental ballistic missiles and that thing's sitting in our desert and then and the government is worried enough to put it up there and to float them up there so that people will know that we have stuff here if we have those every time so the last time that they were up was when uh north korea was saber saber rattling it was about a year ago it was about this time a year ago when they were doing their some crazy stuff crazy stuff (laughs) That doesn't make it, and you're like, what, all right. What I'm, freaks me out too, like when learning about that kind of stuff, but even more like the natural disaster kind of stuff, is when I remember when I was a teenager learning that Yellowstone was just a giant volcano, oh, the caldera. And I remember some science teacher saying that the last time it exploded, which was probably like, they say like 600,000 years ago, whatever the uh, crazy year is, is that they found debris from Yellowstone, which is Wyoming, Montana, all the way in Mexico. Yeah. So basically, if, if it goes off, we're all screwed. We're all done. So yeah. if the Earth's supposed to burn, then a couple well, of volcanoes like that. And it doesn't there – so there's like this effect. I've, you've probably seen like the – where the Earth rotates, right? And so yeah. same thing with an asteroid. If it hits, like the debris shoots back up into the atmosphere. And because the Earth rotates, it's gonna it fall rains everywhere. down fire and it just uh, – and then it like burns as it – it's like, perfect. We'll just spread this fire over here. We'll just yeah. keep rotating. And then it just kind of no. coats everything around yeah. the Earth. That's nuts. Speaking of uh, natural disasters and societal breakdowns, you've heard of Pompeii, right? Yeah. You heard of Pompeii? Yes. They, the, if you look on Wikipedia, I remember like a year ago, I, I randomly get these weird things where I just like, I want to learn more about that. And I just go on Wikipedia for right. hours, <laughs> which I like Wikipedia. I know English teachers don't, but who cares? Um, I'll go like on. Dude, for, I donate to Wikipedia. Really? Well, and then, then, then you're doomed because yeah. they just keep guilt tripping you. <laughs> Donate more, please. Now, I remember I'd be on there for like an hour or two just looking up like World War II stuff. And before you know it, somehow you're tied yeah, into you're like looking at Spider-Man or something. Uh, it always connects on Wikipedia. No, but Pompeii, people believe that it was divine retribution. Really? Well, so they say like on the end of Wikipedia, like some people believe because it was just a whole city that was just doing sexual Ashed. stuff. Oh, was it? Were they pretty debaucherized? Oh yeah, they found when they un- excavated everything because they were the ones. I think it was like in the seventeen or eighteen hundreds. They started excavating, and then they found that there was gaps while they were doing that. So they filled it all in with plaster and let it settle, and then they excavated around that, and that's what formed the people right, right. who were buried alive in, in ash and in, in cast. So they said uh, they found that's how they did it. Yeah, I didn't know that's how they they, did they it. filled in the gaps with paste hmm. or plaster and let it settle. And I then I thought they had just like somehow frozen in time, but it didn't make sense. No, yeah, it's just whatever they did. To, um, so were they like vaporized? Basically, been, yeah. So it was just a volcano that blew up in Greece, and uh, but they said they excavated a bunch of bathhouses, and then when they started going into the bathhouses, there was just art of all these different sexual positions and just offerings that you could get while you're at this bathhouse. So they were very progressive when it came to sexual stuff. So some people believe it was well, they had God wiping them out. What little, year was that? Little, little boy. I don't know. You have to look up, just type in Pompeii real quick. Hola, Pompeii. 
What were you saying, Spencer? Was that all, all the, it was like normal to paterast uh, relationships, little boys. And yeah, the, the Greek men. were all yeah. pretty. 78 AD. Were 78 AD. Wow, I mean, that was, that's like the exact same time that Herod's temple fell. About, I mean, within like nine years. Yeah, in, in Jerusalem, right? In Jerusalem, right? yeah. Yeah, because is that when Babylon came and wiped it yeah. out one of the times it yeah. did? Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, so crazy stuff. I got the 11 things that you sent me. This is also from Carl Zimmerman. Spencer didn't get to hear these I was on absent. Sunday. You were somewhere else. So um, so the, 10 of the uh, behaviors that he compared all civilizations like Rome and Greece when they're at the, the height of their, uh, their empire, what starts to make them fall is he, he analyzed all these different um, civilizations and, and brought the common... Would you yeah, say so like get, eleven common themes of the society? They get to what, this. They get to this third phase, which it's like peak society. Yeah. And, and do you know much so, about the first or second phase? No, it, it it's it's more of like the equivalent of like a, the Bronze Age, right? But yeah. peak society, peak civilization, um, where they have um, some of the some of the commonalities are they have um, uh, highways. They have um, complex written language and exchange, yeah. which means they're they're basically an inner nation. They're communicating a lot, right? They're and, and they're and they're they're trading with other nations, yep. right? They have uh, excessive military might, so they have such a big footprint that they now have excessive military might. They have complex um, aqueduct and irrigation networks. Yeah. All of them required that. Uh-huh. Um, and and then it was just you know from a, from a civilization standpoint they were at it wasn't like they declined and declined and declined and then broke they were peak stage of all these civilizations and and then they started practicing these things and they slipped huh so here's number one and we can talk about some of them see if we have any correlation what's going on today number one is increased and rapid easy causeless divorce. Was there even divorce back then? There was. I yeah. guess there was. They have the scripture references about I mean, divorce and way, stuff. I mean, so there's there's something like two hundred thousand tablets, Sumerian tablets, that have chattel paper of marriage records, Sumerian. Really? Huh. So all the way back, it was it was very all patriotic societies. Yeah, yeah. Had, had records, and and unfortunately, it was more of uh, kind of chattel paper, meaning it was like property. Oh, uh, I see. So, yeah, that's why they did it. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Mine. Yeah, uh, claimed. Number two is decreased number of children, population decay, and increased public disrespect for parents and parenthood. Now, I see that one from what the podcast I've been following, like Jordan Peterson. He's saying the thing or his theory or hypothesis, the way that the generation's acting now as far as the kids the victimhood and all that stuff is that parents are having kids older and they're having less kids. Cause he says the best way to, um, prevent a narcissistic kid is first off, he's seeing a lot of parents have just one kid. And he says the best way to prevent a narcissistic child is to have siblings. How many did you guys have? I have just my first right now. No, no, like oh, six. siblings us six. Have, yeah, so Spencer's number, he's number one, and I'm the fifth out of six. You had two sets of kids almost. Huh? Yeah, much. basically. Compared to what nowadays, because they'd say yeah. nowadays would say people would say that three or four is the new six. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> I, I'm always so impressed when people do had five and six. Like when you know we have three, and I'm like, jeez, yeah. yeah. How how were they crazy enough to go for <laughs> two more? You know, it's like that or is three more, yeah. three more. 
Yeah, I have I have cousins with eleven. Uh, yeah, I, I never wrap six was always crazy for me. I never could ever wrap my head around people saying they had eleven siblings or fourteen siblings. I'm like, what? Did you just crazy. live out in the backyard? Totally. Crazy. Um, yeah. The the crazy thing about this is I, this number two. Yeah. You can see that there's a way that you can really flood the carburetor, so to say, in a problem like this, if you're trying to heighten societal collapse. And you got to realize that there's a lot of financial plans that would benefit from the United States tripping. And because all it does, like societal collapse, we really, we would just readjust, right? The Mm -hmm. financial scheme would readjust. Um, And and so people are pushing for it. And this, the, the push at the border to infiltrate the borders, like what's happening at Europe, with all of the refugees going in and just flooding, it's destroying their culture. It's destroying, yeah. and and it's causing such a you know. Have you seen what's happening in like Sweden over there with the amount of um, refugee Muslim yeah. refugees? I've How, seen a lot of British people I follow on scary. YouTube. UK, yep, I mean, UK's it's a lot really really scary. Germany had to just ban memes, and you can't talk bad about immigrants and Muslims. They had to ban memes. Memes. They banned memes. <laughs> Two days ago, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And so there's all of this stuff and it's it's all flooding the system to, you know, and you don't need, I've heard liberals say, you don't need to have more babies if you can have healthy immigrants come in that are immediate workforce. And that's like an argument for immigration. That's an argument for DACA. Hmm. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Um, number three is uh, elimination of the real meaning of the marriage ceremony. Um, yeah, that one's complicated too, because some people believe that, well, I could say some people believe that marriage is religious and then some people believe that, well, I don't know, like, cause how the heck did the government get involved in marriage to begin with? Is this because they wanted to charge people for marriage certificates? Taxes. <laughs> Probably. Taxes. Taxes. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, uh, yeah. I'd say by, for the longest time, for thousands of years, marriage was always more of a ritualistic ceremonial between God or whatever deity you believed in. So the fact that, yeah, I could see that. I'd have to guess the, you know, whether it was, you know, Rome, Rome had pantheism or they had Christianity yeah, or, or, or the Greeks, you know, I'm just trying to think of the simple ones that, that I know. They probably, <clears throat> I would assume that marriage was sacred. Yeah, right? yeah. And it was like respected and it was right now it's, it's, made fun of yeah like, it's like I mean, you can if you want to what marriage are you kidding me you know and like the yeah. the the media and anybody who's like uh i'm just thinking of some of those disgusting ones that i hate like Katy perry like i could just i don't even know <laughs> if she's ever said anything bad about marriage but i bet i could google and find it just like that <laughs> you know and <clears throat> yeah they're just they're trying to demean it any which way they can it's like it's not that important you can just you can just live with each other yeah you can, you can try each other out and if you don't like it then and that, uh, that was back one out. of that was one of the arguments um, for, for being against gay marriage, uh-huh. right? Is because that, that, that was something that once you take that apart, it's like, yeah, it's true. You don't have to be married to have these rights. You know, mm-hmm. you, you really don't have to. And, and straight people gave up caring. I know I did. There was a point that I was like, no, let, let me have it for my religion. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, I don't even care. It's not even that important to me. Uh, and so I stopped caring about like, marriage you know it's like whatever have it i don't care and and i think that was like well it's like yeah slowly but surely you don't even notice it it's not overnight that you stop caring about it just bigger things i think happen in society and you kind of just there's there's bigger problems to fry i might as well just drop this one um 
Number four, uh, popularity of pessimistic doctrines about early heroes. I see that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that dude. That is. You want to destroy the legends, right? Yep. When when any any civilization comes in, Darius the Great. He was one of the conquerors that, you know, was really historic because he didn't destroy their records. He was the one that let the Jews go back, <clears throat> let the Jews go back to Israel, build the temple. Yeah. When he conquered someone, he's Darius, he was merciful and he didn't make him do it. ISIS, they go in and they, what do they do? They rip down the statues. They, they burn down anything that has to do with their traditions. Yeah. Because if you can ruin the traditions... The, of the fathers, then you can easily disintegrate the family. Well, it's like, uh, I remember oh, I was playing a video game, which I learned a lot of my history from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Each Assassin's Creed game, long story short, takes place in a certain time period, and they weave their own narrative into actual historical stuff. So the latest one was in Egypt around 40 BC. So it's actually towards Egypt's like kind of decline. And it was Greece and Rome that had a huge influence on them. And you get to go into the city of Alexandria in this video game and you get to go into the library. Now, the cool thing is they have like these little history bits or side notes. When you push the pause menu, you can learn about the actual history and they don't know what Alexandria looked like because unfortunately right. they, it was either Got because it. of, um, it was either because the, during the battle of, I can't remember which it was, but, it was either destroyed by natural disasters or they think it was destroyed by when someone came in to conquer them in Alexandria's library, which they said had like hundreds and thousands of documents that both from Egypt, yeah, they... Egypt and Greece and Rome. It was all destroyed. And so then you start to see that they can't replicate the same architecture. They can't replicate the same literature or whatever it is because their entire library was taken away from them. So, But the heroes thing too, like as far as our founding fathers go, I believe they were inspired. But people just were like, no, Thomas Jefferson Jefferson owned. I wasn't even thinking about the founding fathers. Sexual relationships with his slaves. I was thinking of like Columbus. Uh, No, Columbus is. I was thinking of like religious, right? Uh, Or or if you think about the Greeks, who did they, they're like, you know, they undermine the importance of Apollo. They undermine the, whatever your, whatever is your thing, Uh undermine it. Destroy that. Take that away. It'll make it weak. It'll, it'll disintegrate the familial ties. Yeah. I was thinking when I read that and you were talking about on Sunday, I was thinking founding fathers like George Washington, Christopher Columbus. Because I remember- 100%. That's Because I haven't read, I mean, obviously I have an opinion about Christopher Columbus as far as he was inspired to find, you know, a new country and that led to other things. But, um, no, I remember I was working at Wells Fargo in California and I was like, Columbus Day, why don't we have that day off? And some lady was like, because he raped Indians. (laughs) I'm just like, well, first off, I wasn't there. Second off, like if he did- he did other great things in his life, but I've, I've heard a lot of people who've read his personal journal entries that we still have. And I've he, read like, some of them. It doesn't seem like at all that that I don't was. Know if you'd write that in your journal, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem like yeah that he was somewhat inspired, or, or that's some of the writings were. It didn't he, seem he like he saw the... mermaids as well. Dude, he saw mermaids. He saw UFOs. Well, I think he the mermaids saw... are probably manatees because he flew. He one of the he said they were ugly. Uh, <laughs> have you seen? Have you heard of the ones where he saw UFOs and he saw uh, he had a couple of angels visit him, like in his personal stories? And there's a there's a big LARP that uh, John Taylor hypothesized that it was Moroni. That, oh, uh, I heard that one. Actually, I heard it was a quote. I, th- I didn't know it was John Taylor. I heard it was Orson Pratt or Orson somebody. Anyway, they said basically they think that the thing that was guiding Christopher could, Columbus was Angel Moroni. That he was. That's all that, Mormon stuff. He was listening. You know privilege or whatever i mean yeah if somebody would that'd be cool yeah so yeah that, that i was thinking those heroes like people are constantly like just whatever about yeah, the founding they are. fathers they're them down man well they're, they're, they, they talked about this the other day actually on joe rogan where they talked about 
it's begun with the removing of the the Civil War statues yes. that we had. Yeah, which is you know it, it's fine. I mean, it, it, I get it, but it it does start a precedent for. Because they did, they actually took down a George Washington. There was one, right? a church. There's a church where I think Robert E. Lee went. Yeah. George Washington went to the same one. Yeah. And so they took them both down. Oh, the plaques. Yeah. There's yeah. a pla- there's a plaque. So, yeah. Which is crazy because so I it just kind of show. I mean, it's it's. I get the. I get. I understood the Civil War stuff, and I, I you know you take I it down, put it in. I don't get it. Well, apparently, apparently, a lot of them were put up like in the '60s. And so it was kind of like a... It was like a in-your-face. F you to the civil exactly, rights movement. Yeah. Remember this. Right. Yeah. And so if that's the case, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, put them in a museum. It's fine. I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't say destroy, destroy them. Like that, but, Just put them in a But it does. Museum. It sets a precedence and opens the door for, okay, uh, George Washington owned slaves until he died. They were released like after he died. So we got to take his, his stuff him. down. Yeah. It, you know, so it, it opens the door for that for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty soon. I mean, anybody who did anything... Racist or <laughs> some sort of sexism is going to get taken yeah, down. Yeah, all your stories, all. Of and I can't imagine like Philly. While I was there for two years. It's so much history there, like the you know, birthplace of our nation kind of thing. There's so much art and statues, and if they were to start taking all that stuff away, like Philadelphia is known for its art. There's almost outside of every major like building, there's a statue or an art, some sort of art I've piece. Never. That's actually one major city I've never. Yeah, you need been to go. To and I, I, Liberty Bell is not that to. great. I'm glad I actually was out there to see it because I don't know if I want to travel 3,000 miles when I was living in California just to see a cracked bell. But right. the it was kind of surreal being in the the Declaration <clears throat> or the Independence Hall where they signed the Declaration. They still have the tables, all the pens and all that, that stuff in the chair cool. and whatnot. But I just imagine as we're talking about this, like if they were to start taking all that stuff down because those men were horrible. Which every time I look back, I learned a, a phrase like a year ago in school, and it was called presentism, and it was basically the notion that people Is that a Santa Claus thing. No, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, it it had to do with the fact that you can't judge an old society off of what we believe presently. Okay. So basically, judging like, oh, those people back then owned slaves, so they were horrible. They were. You can't do that. Like, you can say that's not what we want to do anymore, Dude, and I we can a, learn from I it. Have but a major paradox of presentism for you then. Presentism. Okay. What is it? So you know the the NSA base out here? Oh yeah, like mile a couple miles away. Yeah. So when they turned that thing on in 2012, everything that runs through the backbone of the internet is now recorded. Okay. All that's, right. That's all. It's all recorded. This, all of this recorded. Yeah, yeah. From I'm not gonna post this now. I'm just kidding. They actually did it in late September of 2011, but uh-huh. it, the dead, it was 2012, and and so the, one of the things that a friend of mine has warned me of. Is, is this relative presentism that in the future, if something becomes a hate crime 30, 40, 50 years ago, uh-huh. and they have the ability to go back and search for your wave file and go back and be like, I want to see anything that he ever said that oh. was a hate crime. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> presentism. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and so it talks about, because um, I, I remember what the discussion was in school when it came up, but it's basically saying like, you can't, judge an old society from how we view and how our morals are today because it wasn't the same. And but if you start doing that, then you just start tearing down everything that we have, which is our history. I don't think George Washington could free the slaves anyway because it was illegal. Yeah. Well, that's well. there's probably a reason why it didn't happen until <laughs> <Yeah>. Lincoln. <laughs> Dude, anyway. That's why I also talk, as soon as 2012 went online, I always talk favorably of robots and electronics. And I think they are the best. <laughs> They're the best. Skynet. One of the good, I love them. The and bots. if they ever want me to tell anything bad about the bad humans in my neighborhood, call me. <laughs> I'm yours. Uh, let's move on to number five. It says, <laughs> uh, yeah, have you seen those freaking robots that like do push-ups and they sweat? Dude, 
Elon, have you seen those? They're what? making sex robots now that will turn you down if you're not nice to them. You serious? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, it's terrifying yeah, they're not the mood hearing or anybody they're not smart nice. talk about it. Like, to hear Elon Musk said. He's supposed to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. I saw he contacted that. I'm Joe so Rogan. I'm so excited. Yeah. He said that you're going to have to have uh, strobe lights to see them move. They're going to be so fast in like six years. <laughs> what the? Strobe lights. <laughs> why are we making this stuff? <laughs> we have to Because we're bored. We love them. That's why. Yeah. 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 I don't know. When I see them, like, some, when they, I, it's in Boston. It's a Boston huge company. Dynamics. Yeah. 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 And they have Google the freaking, owns them. And well, the people are being dicks to him. Yeah, no, the other people push him. They, they push him down. <laughs> that is so rude. I want to come and help them. Yeah, so you can be on the right side of history. Yeah, I want to be on the right side of history. <laughs> of the Terminator history. Um, number five of Carl Zimmerman's theories is uh, the rise of theories that companionate marriage or a permissible, lo- looser family form would solve the problem. You don't need to be married. Yeah, uh, living companion. Right. Yeah, we can just try it out. If I don't want it, then. Whatever, I'll bounce. Uh, number six, uh, the refusal of many other people married under the older family form to maintain their traditions while other people escape these obligations. Mm. So I'm assuming that one would be... Yeah, what would that be? Let me, ref- let me repeat it. many other people married, married under, under the-, the older family form to maintain their traditions while other people escape these. Oh, okay. Oh, so people are like, hey, you can do the whole marriage thing. So that way we keep it going, but I, I'm open, not going to do it. Yeah. Like, you guys are old school. We're yeah. new school. We're open. Oh, I thought it was more like women in the workplace type thing. That could be it, too. Any of those wrong with that, but <laughs> I mean, that's the more traditional model. I'd... Yeah. Um, number seven is the spread of anti familyism of the urban and pseudo intellectual classes to very outer limits of the civilization. I have no idea what that one is. Um, We're not there yet. The spread of anti-familialism and urban and pseudo-intellectual classes to the very outer limits of civilization. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to skip head. that one. That one's a little... Maybe, yeah. Maybe Spinner said... We're not to that one yet, so that's <laughs> why we don't notice it. Thank goodness. <laughs> Number eight is the breaking down of most inhibitions against adultery. Yep. Seems basically like it's almost glorified yeah adultery do what you want kind of thing and then you point out the open marriages too i've never understood that okay we have, we have a side tangent i've brought this up a couple times not maybe not on the podcast i don't get swingers maybe it's easier to do it in this time with the internet but just imagine like 20 years ago how the freak did you bring that up to your friends I don't know. It's like, you just have a list of your friends and like you and your partner gonna... go up to like Hey, wouldn't it be funny if like we had sex together? No, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, wouldn't it be funny? And then if they're not into it, you just lost friends. Okay, so I have a story to tell about this. <laughs> we'll get in the mic and tell okay. it. So this is a story about a friend of mine. Someone who's our ward. Oh. Who's dead. Okay. Okay. And are we gonna get like haunted by this no, person now? He, lo- he loves me. And I was always his buddy. He worked for me. His name was, uh, I actually won't say his name. Yeah, yeah, that, right? yeah just Go someone ahead. who worked for you. Um, we'll call him Ray Ray. Okay, Ray Ray. Okay. And you know, Ray Ray's wife was hot. Like, she was just <laughs> like, Ray, like uh, she was really, and they were super nice and friendly and, and everything. And no one ever suspected anything. And all of a sudden, this guy left our company who was like doing pretty well, growing the company. And uh, my business partner asked me, he's like, what happened? And he kind of clammed up, and so I, I hit him up, and he said, he's like, well, <clears throat> we were over at Ray Ray's house for the first time. We just had, and they had like a two-bedroom apartment in Pleasant Grove, and they just had him over like to hang out, did dinner, and they're like, yeah, let's watch some movies, you know, and this was 2000 and. 
2004, 2005. So it wasn't Netflix or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it's going through your DVDs or whatever. And they go like, oh, we have this. Um, it's like we have this video that's like a mas- like a massage learning video thing. For real. They're just sitting there on the couch. And this guy, Danny, tells me, he goes, dude, it's like we're just sitting there. And it's it's like it's I'm, I'm sitting here on the couch. And it's like this L-shaped couch. And we're 15 feet away from one of those, you know, big old, you know, square screen televisions. And it's three minutes into it. And he goes, and it was just like, it was porn, man. And we're sitting there. And it was so awkward and like the sexual tension was building up so strong in the room like just like i can't even describe it and he's like my wife like grabbed my hand like go we gotta go and they just bolted out the door and he goes so that must be how it starts and he goes so don't want you to say anything about this but that's why i left and i'm like you got to be kidding <laughs> like i'm going and then i heard you get a dinner date then i heard afterwards that oh. you know it happened to a couple of, of other people and no dude i never got yeah invited. yeah never that's got invited. offended because of that one super no offended. my wife works at a certain hotel and it's actually a different one now but it was like in sandy area and they had to tell people we can't accept your party because they found out the last time they had booked it a whole hallway of rooms it was just a giant key party they wow. found they found out somehow really? and they're like yeah we're not gonna they didn't tell them why we're gonna not let you stay at the hotel again but they figured out it was because of a giant key party. i was they never an employee keys. at one yeah, of those yeah well things. they just switched rooms I, uh, it was a whole it was a, oh excuse me it was a whole uh it was like a whole floor of rooms if i would have been an employee at one of those places and not married dude <laughs> i would have been like housekeeping rooms. yeah i'm like ah is this the key you said party? You more, is this what I, um, more pillows right within the keys in the slot i'd say nowadays with social media and even before social media the internet all you have to do is just google like swinger groups and then you can just go like i'm oh, sure yeah. would you allow this website to use your current location kind of thing but i'm just saying back in the day you probably went through a long list of friends where you never got invited over again because yep. you'd have to do like hey uh, awkward dinner party or like let's put on a porno and see how everyone goes do we have any, do we have any boners going on right now no okay <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> have you seen the Dish Network uh, video about this? It's the they have a the Sling app. Okay, it's like the yeah. Dish Network Sling app. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they have a couple over for dinner. They're like, do you guys sling? And oh. the husband goes, Oh, I think swing. Oh, and he hears it. And the wife's like, No, what? I'm like, We should totally sling together. Uh, and they like, uh, It's hilarious. It's, it's one of those things where you think it's you heard yeah. one thing, and so everything else the rest they say yeah. sounds like it's just like a sixty. I think so. Is it? I thought it was. I think it is. Yeah. Good job. Um, Good job sling. So that was an awesome tangent, but I loved it. Right. Uh, number nine. Revolts of youth against parents, so that parenthood became more and more difficult for those who did try to raise children. I hate those kids. They're just rising against us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I have a three-week-old, so I don't know anything about that. But I'd say, no. from what I've seen on the media, which I don't like watching that much of, that you see a big shift in society where I guess they would say it's the problem with the millennials. Right. I don't know. Um, but they say like they, they're into the whole uh, victimhood and not really into self-responsibility and blaming a lot of crap on other people and not really caring for parenthood and stuff. Did you see that guy who sued his parents yes. for wanting to kick him out of the basement? Yeah, he was 30. Did you hear about this? No. He that's, was 30 years old living in a basement <laughs> and his parents... Did his parents... No, he wanted to sue them because his parents tried yeah, kicking him out. Yeah, his said he's going to kick him out and, and he goes... I'm gonna I'm gonna sue you if you try to kick me out. You didn't give me you know proper notice. <laughs> you have a three day notice. Yeah, and he's thirty. Sued so him. living and he lost. They lost. The guy lost. No, oh, the son lost. The bus say. Of course. Bus right. say. I might have to stop. There was no, le- there was no rental agreement. I'm sure. No, so. it was just you That's live why. your blood and you live in our house for and the last thirty years. And then he came on the Alex Jones show. 
Uh, <laughs> the old guy. Yeah. I, I think I, but I think you could see it too with, you know, you kind of have this, what's those kids with, you know, the, the latest shooting and they're doing all the marching. And I haven't, That's I what I thought of like, when you said it. David yeah, because, Hogue. Yeah, like, it's just like, you parents and, don't know anything. Right. So there's, is, yeah, that's I what it is. That they can kind of see it as, and, you know, maybe the narrative that they're going off of isn't horrible, but they're looking at like, man, you guys have to have everything, so we're going to take over now. But you can kind of see the door opening for that yeah. disrespect, whether it's deserved or not. Yeah. It's going to be so there. And I, think it's gonna, I think it's only going to get you know, that's worse. the exact thing I thought. Well, of. yeah, I think social media is playing a huge role with that because it's giving every single person a voice. Now, I've always believed not everyone yeah, should have social media. Like, for instance, I talked about this on the podcast a few months ago. It was the whole people getting pissed about the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So they they're changing it. So you remember when's the last time you went on Pirates of the Caribbean? It's already, it's already changed. Look at that. When's the last time you went on Pirates of the Caribbean? Trevor? Oh, I don't know. Last year. So do you remember the woman who's being auctioned off? Yeah. Was it like auction off a winch or something like that? Yep, Byron winch. Yep, yep. So they redhead. said that was offensive. So now they have replaced it to where that woman, the redhead, is now a pirate. And all the women around her are also pirates. And Jordan Peterson shared it saying, yeah, because there were so many female pirates back in the golden age of piracy. <laughs> well, the whole ride should be offensive. Yes. Fundamentally. Uh, I mean, they're... You they're know, robbers. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. they're pillaging robbers the whole village. these pirates. And the only reason why it's jolly it's is because they're fun. singing a fun song. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But look what they're doing. Yeah, so <laughs> my whole point was is they're that... drowning a guy in that well. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, huh? Give us the information about... Your pirates are dirty, rotten yeah. scoundrels, yeah. man. Like, yeah. Yeah. So my point was is that 10, 15 years ago, you probably had a few people who were like, oh, that ride's so offensive as soon as they stepped off before they bought their T-shirts um, and their fake swords. But that's all. The, when you complained about that stuff back in the day, who would you go complain to? Your close friends, and that's the only people who would hear about it. It's just your close friends. Right, now this now you can go on Twitter, and you can get thousands and millions of people who don't even know you who have the same mentality as you, and then you can all start a, a GoFundMe or a petition to get someone off a TV show or... A, you can uh, change a ride at Disneyland, but Disneyland's PR was kind of like. Well, that's the Disneyland's interesting always thing changing. Was, last time we were there, I heard multiple conversations in line for that ride between girls. Thought it was dumb. Yeah, you know, we had a friend who's a redhead, happens to be a redhead, and she was she was mad because she always looked up to that woman because she was the prized possession. Right, because it was oh, like right. the other ones that were a little more portly, but oh. she was the one they wanted, and she thought it made her feel up, good. So yeah. most people that I heard in direct conversation have actually thought it was a lame thing. So who I really think it's the, the I think it's the voice of the few. Yep. It, yeah. it it's, really like, and it's just like they're, few, so, they're so loud. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Ugh. those few complaints. I think that's what happened. I think Trump capitulated today with the uh, he he signed like an executive order because yeah. of the loudness of the complaining. Yeah, I think someone and works. if you like if you like talk to regular America, they would just be like, I mean, I I guess someone brought up on Twitter. I don't know, showed up on my feed, but they brought up images of the exact same situations of Obama. families in cages and stuff like yeah, that yeah. during Obama's you see time. So. Like Kevin Hart did no, he. He posted a. I mean, he's got like fifty nine million followers. Yeah, yeah. He posted what? a. Yeah, he posted a photo on Instagram of oh, this is shocking and sad, but it's a photo that came from two thousand fourteen from like just a commercial. It, they're not even like Mexican kids. They're like white and like Indian and like did there are people like freaking out? Like, did you not look at this? Like, this is <laughs> not what you think it is. Uh -huh. You probably want to say something, but he just kind of moved on to the next thing. But that's sixty million people getting a false narrative there. Yeah. That's another problem is the false narratives that 60 million people clickbait. that one guy could. Yeah. It's... <laughs> so number 10 is rapid rise and spread of juvenile delinquency. So those are the 10 
common themes that Carl Zimmerman found while studying ancient civilizations while they were at their peak before they rapidly declined. And that would be yeah. Rome, Greece. What other ones do you know that he studied? Oh, geez. Um, he studied the Norse. He started. He studied the Vikings. There, there was some interesting stuff that he he went in on. So the Vikings went and settled Greenland, and yeah. it's one of it's one of the the ones that it's most recent. I think it was like fourteen hundreds when it fell, and they were there for about one hundred eighty years, and and uh, they did forest depletion as well. So they they're the, they required so much carbon that they deforested so much wood yeah that building all the ships yeah, and stuff and well and burning for for whatever that they were burning and 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 so yeah the 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 common threads in most of them is once they hit economic success right when we get this just minimal amount of normalcy and decency in society and it's finally like we can have nice things you know yeah. finally once we can have nice things and what do we do it's just like it's not enough I need more freedom. I need more sex. I need more promiscuity. I need to be more debaucherized. You know, I need little boys. I mean, it's just like, it just keeps grosser and grosser and grosser. And then then all that happens, and maybe it's that the moral decline is so, maybe it's both, right? That's one thing that I have in my mind. Maybe it's that we're, we're so morally corrupt and we're just looking for one other thing that'll break the camel's back, Yeah. right? And it, it could be a war. It could be a... Uh, economic thing, right? And, yeah. and, you know, there's just, there's so many things when you look at all of the different things from a volcano to an asteroid to, uh, you know, a, maybe not a world war, but a regional war to the U.S. dollar to just line it up, bird flu, you know, SARS, any of these things could just flip it. Yeah. And, and we're there, man. Back. Like, we're there. And and when, when the stuff that I've studied to put a less somber note on it is... Even if it goes really, really sour south, right? Unless its electrical grid is out, um, the worst case scenario the U.S. is going to look at is about like a thirty to thirty-five percent devaluation of their assets, and there would be a new currency. But I mean, you're talking about a thirty to thirty-five percent hit of everything, all of the world wealth. You know, the, the largest huh. economic power and. I think that's like the the worst case scenario, besides just full scale cannibalism eating, <laughs> yes. you know, or or a Yellowstone. I mean, any of those ones could really do it. A Yellowstone, yeah. an asteroid, and and dude, we need to have me on here to talk about the Apophis asteroid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you were mentioning that. We'll have to do that for another episode. Oh my word, that's the scariest. Two thousand thirty six, April thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth, two thousand thirty six. Oh, it's a Friday, of course. It's a Friday. And seven years before that, it's Friday the thirteenth. 2029 and it zooms bias and that's when it goes through the keyhole and the gravity grabs uh, yeah, yeah, it and yeah. it comes back dude <laughs> all right well for anyone who's interested in that we'll have to do the next episode but nova, uh, nova did a series on it there's some good stuff on that last thing i kind of wanted to talk about and this will only take a few minutes uh it's kind of just the question of like not necessarily why do we think these correlate with carl zimmerman like why these things break down but what do you think our parents thought because every generation thinks like oh this is it <laughs> This is the apocalypse or whatever you believe in, whether it's an actual apocalypse and the second coming of Christ or if it's just an actual wiping out of humankind. Why, like, every generation thinks that this is it. I don't know. What did our parents go through? Vietnam? Well, there's a lot of recurring things. I mean, a lot of the things that we do see now aren't new, really. They're kind of just wrapped up in a new... They may be a little bit more profound, 
Um, but a lot of these discussions have been going on for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, you can go back, listen to music, listen to music from the eighties and nineties. And they're saying a lot of the same things that they're saying now. So I don't think they're, yeah, I don't think they're necessarily new. Yeah. But they may be magnified. I think there's, I do actually think that if you go back to Weimar, Germany, um, and that was right after the Treaty of Versailles, which is 19, 1919, 1920s. So like right after World War I Right after was World done? War One. So yeah. what happened was the Treaty of Versailles, Germany was so effed yeah. that they signed on to economic sanctions to the World Bank um, in the Treaty of Versailles that was so onerous <clears throat> They couldn't meet the challenges. And that's what ended up, that's where Hitler rent rose from. Yeah. That's why Second World War happened. It was because they did a deal that they shouldn't have done. And Germany was never going to be able to repay it. And the only way to get out of the, the bondage was war. And, and if they could have won, they wouldn't have had to pay back all the debt from World War I. I mean, that was huh. that was the whole reason. It was all all, all Hitler's push. Plus, he hated Jew, Jewish people, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the <laughs> fuel in the fire. Yeah, yeah. But the... The the correlation is the 1920s to mid 30s is the closest that we've been to modern day Hollywood. It was Hollywood of that time, and the majority of um, the Jewish studios that that own um, you know the majority of the Hollywood studios uh-huh. um, came from the Weimar Republic, and and it was the Hollywood of that day, and the level of sexuality and the debauchery and the things that you could get away with in, in Weimar Republic, Germany, like they don't even, it's not even in Amsterdam yet. I mean, it, there was, beast, oh, there was geez. legal bestiality. Ooh. There, there was legal pedophilia. There was, I mean, it this was is in Germany and, and oh yeah. And pornography like just produced tons and tons and tons of horrible, horrible pornography. Yeah. And this all happened in this, it was like a, Eight to twelve year period where it just really hyperinflated. Just the exact exploded. same time the 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 Weimar Republic uh, turned their money and they started printing, uh-huh. and it, very similar to how we started printing and they they devalued their currency and it toppled. But uh, you know the point is you kind of go through these cycles, and we're just I mean the- I, I think we're pretty I think it's pretty friggin' bad. I mean, I think if you ask some of the old timers, like the guys that were in our class, yeah, yeah, I wish I could get in some of these dudes' heads. It was like seventy and ask that question because well, I, was... I think that's the appropriate question. Like, dude, I mean, I know we all thought it was always bad, and our parents always thought it was bad, yeah, but it's pretty bad. I just know in the in the eighteen years that I've been like tracking it, I mean, it is we've come a long, horrible way. Yeah, <clears throat> it just keeps kind of ramping disgusting. up. Yeah, because there wasn't someone in that class, wasn't they? Aren't they? Weren't they in World War Two? Or no, it was maybe their dad. Korean. Oh, this Korean War. Someone they said their dad was their in dad, World War II. Their dad like skipped on him or something in World War Two. Yeah. Didn't want to claim him. That's oh, yeah. crazy stuff. I know, but it's like yeah, it's just like a common theme that every generation's kind of worried about the future, like what's happening. You've always happening. heard every like church is like, this is it. Yeah, the yeah, last, yeah, yeah. This is like the last generation. It's and like how bad is it going to have to get, kind of thing, before we're starting each other's brains. I, <clears throat> It's interesting though that that came out in the fifties. That study, that he and he's did. not. He was not. It was. They pointed out it wasn't even from a religious point. It was literally from. That was the weird. That, that's a, maybe the interesting he's a part. So, I don't he's know a sociologist. To, you know, this is like one of the first times I've heard of it. Yeah, but it is interesting that's coming in the fifties, and I don't know how things were in the fifties as far as marriage. But it, I'm. Yeah. I'm guessing things were probably still pretty traditional, man. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And so it's just interesting that those are the things. Those are the things he's pointing to. 
It's easy to point to those things now and say, this is what's going to happen. You can kind of make we're that in narrative. It right now. But back then, it just, you know, why would he pick those things? I just kind of Yeah, because I think the, the website that's talking about it is some sort of Baptist, I think, church website. Is that the one that you shared? Yeah, that one that I linked. And they, they, <clears throat> they framed it as, even though he was doing it from an academic standpoint and it was a sociologist who studies society, they said it, was, it seemed, now looking back at it, very prophetic that he was kind of telling the future of... This is what's going on. And, I, you, and you look I, at that Oxford one, 1934. Yeah. I mean, even back to 1934, and they, you know, their bell curve of when the society started to decline was, I mean, it's moral debauchery. I mean, that's just plain and simple. There was hmm. no no spiritual lens on that. I mean, that was just 84 societies, they said. Yeah, 84. Crazy stuff. So we just said we need to be less disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, less less porn. Just dial dial back the porn. I need to do an episode about that. Porn? Because there's a lot of opinions about that. Oh my gosh, I gotta tell you a funny story about that. I get we'll finish so, with the story. Okay, this is great. Do so it. in my last office in Lehigh, over uh by JCW's. There's like just down the street? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's so there's, JCW's is a restaurant. There's a couple of three and four story glass buildings that are down there, right? Not those big ones. But we were in there, and at the time, this was 2012, it, it was a ghost park down here. No one was yeah. there. We subleased the space because a guy went out of business, and our office was on the third floor. And every single Tuesday at 5 o'clock, like, it'd get packed. Like, we'd all of a sudden, like, you start looking outside, and, like, there's a, there's a lot of cars down here. Like, what's going on? And we tried to figure out the pattern, and it took us, like, a couple months because it wasn't like we were, like, it was just like, what is it? Just noticed, an observation. Right? So we find out that it is a porn anonymous group that meets in the basement every single Tuesday at five o'clock and it runs like an AA meeting or yeah. an NA meeting. And the guy who runs it is an LDS guy and he's been like featured on a conference. And so of course, every single Tuesday at 4.45, we were just at the edge of the window and just like trying to notice to anybody that there. came in. Cute girls would come like really. And we were like, are they coming? Like, cause like to meet their dude, is yeah. part of like <laughs> accountability or are these chicks just gross or what's going on? And then one day on the first floor, so it's a three level building up and this thing was in the basement. Um, I'm sitting there and one of my good friends is like in the lobby and I'm like, yo, are you coming to visit me? And he oh. goes, um, I'm like, you're here for the porn thing, aren't yeah. you? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, yes, I need to know everything about it. I need to know everything about it. And so I got like the whole inside thing. So I finally got enough guts to go down to the basement and they had a media closet. And inside the media closet, they had like this treasure chest that was all their brochures and then their tokens for 30 days oh, clean, yeah, yeah. 60 days clean. Yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. a brochure of like, how does pornography destroy families? So I would steal tons, not steal, but I would borrow, I still, I would steal tons <laughs> of those brochures and little tokens, and I'd put them in the back seats of my buddy's cars, right? or in, like, underneath like the seat. And uh, in, in two specific occasions, their wives or somebody like found it and like confronted them. It's good. It's yeah. good. I like that. Porn Anonymous. There you go. Um, Spencer, thanks for coming on. Yeah, sorry, I didn't have much to offer. No, that's this fine. Is, that was a good learning good. episode. Yeah, yeah I was just listen, sitting here listening. Trevor Keys, it was fun, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Um, this has been the John Lyon Podcast, episode forty-four. I've almost been doing this for a year, which is crazy, and I still don't have an intro song. So, anyway, all right, peace out, everybody.